0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I am excited to bring you the following conversations with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. When I set out to start recording the Fully Expressed podcast, my intention was not to be the biggest, the most listened to, the most profitable podcast, but my intention was to be the most vulnerable podcast. And so as I interview our guests, my desire is to bring up stories and share experiences that they haven't shared before or they don't share regularly to let us into their world even deeper so that we may learn and grow from their stories. And so far, we've certainly done that. Please check out all the episodes we've recorded on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. And if you love this show, Please leave us a review. Let me know, and also share this with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Lastly, if you want to support this show, please go over to trainingcampfortheSoul.com. Training Camp for the Soul is my company where we do emotional healing, inner child work, and we teach people how to truly transform their lives. This show is completely funded by Training Camp for the Soul. So, if you want to support me in the show, please go check out everything we have to offer over there. If you want to see the show notes and anything more about this podcast, go to chrismarhefka.com slash fully expressed. And then lastly, go over and follow me on the Instagram at chrismarhefka, where I share my own personal stories vulnerably, openly, and honestly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, if you're joining live, this episode's going to be out in a week, two weeks, with uh, Mr. Mike Bledsoe, good brother of mine, good friend, mentor. And I can honestly say, I was thinking about this as we were setting up, probably had more life-changing experiences with you than any other person on the planet.
1: Even more than your ex-wife? Well,
0: that one is comparable. (laughs) She was there for most of those, so yeah, it was like a, it was like a tag team, life-changing experience. We just got back from uh, Burning Man. Yep, Burning Man.
1: Renegade Burn, Renegade. 2021.
0: And it was really cool that we were camping side by side because two years ago, we did the burn together and camping side by side, and that was quite an experience for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your week like this time?
1: It felt way calmer. There was a little less than half the people there that there normally are. Stimulation was lower. Uh, My ability to drop in and cultivate relationships more deeply was a lot easier. So the pros of this year was deeper relationships with people. It felt like an easier burn, less hassle than previous burns. The pros of the previous burns was there was more stimulation. There was, it was bigger. There was more art It was just bigger and louder, just overall more stimulation, which is very overwhelming. Even for people who've been going year after year, every year it's like you forget how crazy it can be. So going in and it being seemed like 30% as much stimulation as usual made it a digestible experience. So I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Do you find that every year that goes by, the Burning Man experience feels more like, Everyday life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially this one.
1: Yeah. You, well, the thing is, is one thing I've noticed is every burn that I go to when I come home, I bring more elements. So, obviously, with your first experience, you bring the most elements back. But every year, it's as if my life gets tweaked with a new realization or a new habit or something like that comes online where I become more intentional. I think most people experience more intention after attending Burning Man. Have you had that experience?
0: For sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just me. would you bring back this year?
1: Maybe a little bit more compassion for knuckleheads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit rowdier this past year. I think I really realized how easy it was to be open mm-hmm. at previous burns and how there was a new element that yeah. there was no boundary, you know, yeah. people could just come and go as they please and anyone could come and go. And so we didn't have that filter. So I think it's a little bit easier this year to integrate practicing that openness, even though I wasn't as open this past year with everybody. Yeah, I was still more open than I normally am. And being able to, I think it's a little bit easier to integrate that little bit of openness I was able to experience into this default world where sometimes I'd say over time, a lot of times I'll find myself being guarded Uh unnecessarily. And so- Just learning to stay open
0: more. In that way, it felt there, it felt more like the default world because it is an open container. Just anyone comes in. Right. You have some interactions where people are trying to fight everyone and you're...
1: Yeah. You know, the line was fuzzy and so it was more porous. And so I think things are a little more porous each direction when that happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anything else? I'm sure
1: I'll think of some stuff later. Yeah. I really deepened my relationship with my girlfriend. Mm. So her and I got a lot closer. Mm. And there were conversations we were able to have there Mm -hmm. that we hadn't had before, which is really interesting because it didn't feel as though the experiences we were having there were that much drastically different than normal life. Yeah. But something about, I think, especially for her being the first time with all that novelty, people can accept new information. When there's a lot of other novelty be, being present as well, so for instance, when someone moves to a new city, for people mm-hmm. who've had that experience, is moving to a new city is a really easy time to create new habits, mm-hmm. make new friends, you can try out new identities. You've moved around a lot or mm-hmm. a bit, I've moved around a lot, and every time I move, it's easier to be a new person, the person I want to mm-hmm. be, and so. I think a part of that is when you introduce a massive amount of, and this happens at retreats too, you introduce a massive amount of novelty. Now you can think differently. You're more open to new ideas. Mm -hmm. And so this was an extremely novel experience for my girlfriend, which allowed her to open up more to conversations. I'm sure myself too, but I'll project a lot for her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything you guys went into this time that was a new conversation? You guys had,
1: you know, I think it was we were just able to take the previous conversations further. Mm. So it seems like every other week we run into a girl or a woman who I've had some type of relationship with previously, (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't realize how many women I had similar circles, small circles, yeah, small circles. And she's like, "Oh, what about that that one too?" Yeah, and so at Burning Man there was none. Which just was surprising. Which is shocking. <laughs> surprising. So like, she was actually at the end of it was like, we didn't run any of your previous hookups. And I go, no, we didn't. Mm-hmm. But there was this anticipation of that happening as we were going in and the conversations about like, how are we going to navigate when we run into these people? And we just never had to do it. Uh-huh. And so we didn't think about it or talk about it while we were there, but yeah. it was something we reflected on afterwards. And I think for her, the focus on our relationship being really the core of what we did there was surprising uh-huh. for her. Yeah. And I think relieving and made, we left with both of us feeling more secure in the relationship.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's great. It's interesting that you shared that reflection because that has actually happened with my girlfriend. And I'm reflecting, I don't know if I've ever had that experience the other way around, even one time. What? Have you hit, like where you've come across one of her, have you come across oh, yeah. one of her previous partners? Oh yeah. Okay. You were there. What? Yeah. So it was a 4th of July party oh, last year. Yeah. Okay. This okay. is good. Yeah. This is it's really good, good story.
1: Let's do this. So, <laughs> so, that was good, uh, so my friends invite us to a party in Santa Cruz for 4th of July and they're burners. And so we're all running around in similar circles. And I had just started dating, my current girlfriend, we'd been dating That's for like one month, right? month yeah, one, one month. month yeah. And we were spending a lot of time together because we started a relationship during COVID. Mm-hmm. So because of that, everyone may notice that during COVID, everyone got really close really fast. Mm-hmm. So it's a festival style, three day party where we're, party. we're camping. It was a great party. Great party. <laughs> and my girlfriend was mentioning... I heard of the names of a few of her previous partners as we were in that first month of dating. I just kind of heard them. Didn't think much of it. And then I'm looking at the invite list on Facebook and I go, I was like, there's not that many people running around the world named Luca Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the bay. Yep. There's probably a handful, handful. but <laughs> <laughs> I go, I look at him and I go, and I see his last name. I'm like, do I recall that last name? And, and I go, I'm pretty sure it's him. I was like, What's his last name? What's Luca's last name? She tells me, I'm like, well, he's going to be at the party. And she goes, she just like, couldn't believe it. It wasn't inside of her reality that her ex who they'd broken up, maybe like four or five months before this was going to be at this three-day event where there's going to be like 50 intimate. of us. It's yeah, like intimate, intimate. We are going to cross <laughs> paths. <him>. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's hilarious, Yeah, <laughs> which is usually how these types of things go. Yep. I think something hilarious. And she's like, oh, no. Yeah. And I go, all right. But as it got closer to meeting him, I definitely started getting that feeling of, oh, shit. You know, I've only been dating this girl for a month. I really like her. I'm about to meet her ex, and da da da, and uh, <laughs> within first five minutes of meeting him, I've went back to feeling 100% secure. Yeah, and she's had the same experience with meeting women who I've dated before. It's all the anticipation before yeah. meeting, Story and then
0: created, and like,
1: and then once you like meet and you see the energy between the two people, yeah. and you go, oh, they yeah. don't have anything, we're good. And it was a really fun weekend. And there were some things that happened over that weekend where I actually, <laughs> I gave her a little bit of shit for dating him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she got really pissed about that. <laughs> she, she was like, <laughs> "I'm like, like, all right. So I ended up giving her, cutting her some slack. It was like, okay, I'll stop teasing you about this. I wasn't really judging her. I just knew they would bother her. So I teased her a bit. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Tell me about your relationship evolution because you and I, some similarities in our past. Yeah. You're now a year in. A year in exactly. With her? With Actually, yeah. We're fifteen months. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right.
1: Because we met June basically very end of May,
0: beginning of June. And similar to me, you were in very I mean, 10, ten year? How long Nine you, year. Nine year. Yeah. Yeah. Nine year previous to that. What's different in this relationship the way that you guys relate relative to like how you've related in the past?
1: I feel challenged frequently and supported at the same time. So, it might help that she's a psychotherapist by trade. <laughs> she has the same experience with me though. We've had this conversation and the majority of the relationships I chose from 10 years ago and previous I chose a lot of people who would go along with what I wanted. So people who weren't going to challenge me. It was just a very immature version of my personality is I like to lead. Mm-hmm. I don't like other people to be in charge so much. I want to be the one in charge. And most people are happy to have someone else want to be yeah. in charge. So it works out. But the people who I was leading previously, I chose relationships and I was immature in my leadership so I attracted people who would just go along with whatever I wanted and which was cool and necessary for the beginning. But over time I recognized that I wasn't getting any better because I wasn't getting any resistance. I wasn't getting any challenge. And so I'd say around four years ago, I started shifting a lot of my relationships Mm -hmm. and getting away from people who would be considered like pushovers. Right. And I be willing to bet those people aren't pushovers now. Yeah. I think they had to learn this same lesson I had to learn that like oh I should probably stand up and speak my mind more often and for me like I've learned to shut my mouth a little bit more and listen and but the being in those relationships the patterns were so ingrained that even though we consciously knew that our roles need to shift and evolve it just wasn't every time we tried it wouldn't happen so what's different about this relationship is we both came into the relationship having had done a lot of personal work leading in. She's got years of personal work. I had, and we have very different experiences too. Yeah. The way that I approached my own reflection is very different than the way she did. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. I would say the principles are the same, but the methods yeah. that we use were
0: very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that experience too. Now and it's actually relieving. It's like opening my eyes to like other Modalities, methods that work just as well for.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about your girlfriend, and you were saying that she has a similar understanding of the world,
0: uh-huh. but from a very different perspective. Very different perspective. Yeah. And I had this perception that I was going to be with someone that had like the exact same upbringing and development. And in fact, now that I'm in something, like what I'm in now, it feels so much better for me. It allows me to see it differently. And it's not an echo chamber. It's like challenging yeah. me in new ways. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny you bring that up. Cause I tried to do that. It's like, I'm going to date this girl and I got to make sure she does the things yes. that I did <laughs> yeah. so that she can have the same understanding same, yeah. as I have. Uh huh. And then that blew up in my face a couple of times. And Either there was massive resistance or there was a going along and it still didn't do the thing I thought it was going to do. And so, yeah, yeah, man, we're silly. We're silly. (laughs) We
0: do some silly things sometimes. Yeah. For like a period of time, I thought that the pool of people that I was going to be able to date was people that had gone through training camp for the soul. (laughs) I'm also that's what I thought too. So you can't you can't, so you that's, can't. What, that's
1: one reason I left yeah <laughs> yeah
0: what one you're reason cool. yeah Yeah. You know, I, was like, cool. I need to
1: open up my pool of people yeah. I, need so I can actually date people to go through the program and now it's
0: totally unnecessary unnecessary that was <laughs> that was silly that was silly. Yeah. what ways have you personally shifted and grown in the last 15 months with Ashley
1: wow so many different ways I've become more solid in myself so I'm tend to be a bit airy. I'm very conceptual, abstract. I'm a bit transient. I like to move a lot. I like to travel a lot. I never before really saw a need for creating long-term stability because I personally am such an adaptable human that you tell me in any situation, I'll figure it out.
0: You can stabilize
1: anywhere. Yeah. But when she was introduced, I started thinking more long-term and actually went through a period of time where you witnessed that for me, which is where like, I got a little crazy for a little bit. Like I was like, my, my world was shifting yeah. so much that it impacted every area of my life. And I was trying to shift. I was going from this very flowy place to more solidity yeah, and being more stable for her because I had a desire to create a more strong foundation with her. And I recognized that required me to change a lot of my lifestyle, which was to, Stop being so nomadic and settle down in one spot so that I could focus on my business and expand it so that we could prepare for the future. These are things I never considered before. It was definitely intellectual conversations around it, but I didn't have that felt sense of this is what I really desire. And then when that came online, yeah, I made a lot of shifts that were very, I knew what was happening while I was going through it and just telling myself, yeah, just this is part of the process. Yeah. But at the same time emotionally feeling a ima- map it felt very disruptive. I had a couple of meltdowns. Yeah. Last year I, had, I would say I had a couple of like depressive episodes for a week or two at a time which were fine. Actually, I don't mind the depression stuff so bad. Like if I feel really sad, I'm okay with that. It's a little bit of the anxiety is what kind of put me over the edge. It's like I would rather have sadness than fear. Mm. And so, because anxiety is all fear-based. And so there was this moment in January of last year where it's December, January of last year, and we were in Colombia at the time, Medellin. And I'm at this just peak, everything's coming apart because the world was in a very strange place too. So the world was going weird. The January 6th thing happened, which my brother was there for it. And then he ended up having some... Things happen, which I'll wait for dust settle to talk about that. Anyway, I don't want to go into that, but that caused stress for me knowing that my brother had put himself in a precarious situation. Yeah. And then also just watching the nation. And then also at the same time, I'm desiring more stability for my relationship. So the world is going through turmoil and I'm really wanting stability. And so it just felt like I was in this really deep conflict. I was, I was in a very deep conflict emotionally. And It was one of those things where intellectually I'm going, dude, it's going to be fine. You just got to like, just do, you know what to do. Just keep doing your thing. But emotionally I was getting hijacked a bit. Yeah. It was interesting. And I didn't hide any of that from my partner, Ashley. I was very open with her about it and she was witnessing everything. And it was really cool to have her encourage me be in my process without any judgment around it. So. That was really nice. And she did try to fix a little bit. Yeah. Because we don't like to see our loved ones go through stuff. But when she started trying to fix a little bit, I was like, look, I don't need to be fixed. I just need to go through this. And she's like, okay. Because we were still six it's months, months of, into our relationship yeah, yeah. and she doesn't know how I deal with things. And so she didn't know if I was going to fly off the handle or whatever. And once I said, no, I'm not, I'm good. Yeah. I just have to do some of my
0: practices. Yeah. Give me some space. We'll figure it out. What snapped you out of that, or like what dug you out of that experience that you were having?
1: You know, it was really coming back to the States at the end of January, beginning of February, coming back to the States and looking for a long term rental lease because I hadn't had one in years. And really, the energy of being in Austin, Texas, because I looked at Florida too. I was looking at Austin, Texas, and you know, it was just this feeling of peace when I was here. So, Traveling all over and not experiencing that because everything from the Bay, Oregon, Utah, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, Medellin, Colombia, Mexico, out of all the places I was at, Austin felt the best. And I really just said, you know, what, I'm going to follow my intuition and I'm going to be here. And I really thought I was going to have more instant relief, but it was more of a once I chose that Austin was going to be the place I was going to be planted. It still couldn't happen fast enough. Yeah, you know, it was still yeah. like there's all these things I need to get done, and I can only do them when I'm stationary in one spot. And I want to start them right now, but I move here and ten days later Snow Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm looking for a place to live and I'm <laughs> crashing at Alex and Sarah Ripchinski's place in their guest house. And then Snow hits and it adds three weeks to our timeline of finding a rental property. And It was one of those things where I thought I'd be in a new spot in two or three weeks and end up being five or six weeks. And there was like a level of peace going through that process while at the same time feeling some anxiety like, I want this now. And then me going, no, there was two parts of myself. One I was really proud of. And the other part of me was trying to drive shit forward. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny to watch. It is funny to watch. Yeah. It's funny to look back on and. Observe the comedy show.
1: Yeah, man. The older I get, the the more I realize that uh, I still got some growing to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every level feels like you go through the stabilization process. You get solid. And then there, at least for me, there, there starts to be a little bit of uh, cockiness. Like, oh, I'm good. I'm set. And then right into the next level, yeah, into the next iteration and the chaos that is required of the next up level, and yeah yeah, yeah, I would say
1: well one of the big changes I've also had is I'm not nearly as uh ambitious business wise yeah, because I started seeing any ambition I have around business is to create stability in my personal life so I can have a family yeah it actually it's funny because it's having the opposite effect i thought it would have which is my desire to make however much money has gone way down i want to make like 20 percent of what i thought i needed to make because i got real i was like what do i really need what do i want Uh my life to look like i couldn't really see what i wanted my life to look like before when i was just by myself because i just needed like i was just shooting for the stars to shoot for the stars but now i'm like oh i need to make that much so okay yeah, I'll just design a business to do that. Yeah, <laughs> easy feels a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, all the pressure comes off. Yeah, like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I've kind of on the tail end of that for myself right now. And yeah, yeah, and it was a similar realization when I was really deciding what I wanted my life to look like, and a part of it was my partner and family and everything. And what I really truly cared about actually didn't take that much. It usually doesn't. Almost there now. And yeah. if not like could be there yeah. like any moment, and so it takes a lot of i mean when you met me, I was working like hundred hour weeks and like, completely killing myself to make that high in the sky number, and it wasn't happening it was <laughs> for the wrong reason it was for the wrong reasons altogether yeah yeah, back then it was it was very ego driven yeah same yeah we uh <laughs> Go back to uh, origin story when we met. <laughs> Do you remember when we met? Oh, and he was here in Austin. He was in Austin. Yeah, a lot happened. Paleo Facts.
1: Paleo Facts.
0: Yeah, you were one of the presenters. You were one of the. Yeah, they let me get on stage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I the amount of prestige that I've <laughs> acquired is really <laughs> mysterious to me. Yeah. But it, it's happened step by yeah. step. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and we met, and uh, I was in my shit when we met. Yeah. Uh, I look back at that version of myself. I'm like, oh, so much compassion for him. He was in it, deep in it. I remember you being very protected. So protected. Yeah. So protected. Yeah. And I, I don't think I knew any other way.
1: No, that's how you were all the me. time.
0: That was me. Yeah. 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 It wasn't you. It wasn't with me. It was just all was yeah. like, oh, this guy's just protected. Yeah. And his wife's very curious. Very. She definitely was the one that pulled me along this journey into the third door, into the, into the unknown realms. And so I'm very grateful for that. And then we've done plenty of exploring in the, in the unknown realms together. Yeah. Yeah. And you've introduced me to a lot of the unknown realms. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I tend to do that.
0: Yeah. 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 We were talking about that a little bit at Burning Man. What was your favorite experience, the two of us?
1: Man, I <laughs> I remember uh damn. There's two that are competing in my mind right now, but both of them involved very deep journeys. Very deep psychedelic journeys. <laughs> <laughs> and just witnessing Chris <laughs> Have his mind blown. It's just so satisfying. Like you just like the guy has no words. <laughs> Zero. But I can feel oh, I can yeah. feel what's yeah. going on yeah. for him, but there's no yeah. thing to read. There's yeah. no, there's no mind. There's no cognitive. It's like almost gets enough mental. Sp- structure to put something together and then it just, just shatters <laughs> it just explodes. and like yeah. I, I know what's going on yeah. and it's just so enjoyable yeah. for me because because yeah. <laughs> when someone's going through that a lot of times they don't know when it'll end or if it will ever end mm-hmm. and that's a that's a common thing that happens for people and I imagine that might be going on for you but also realizing that in about six hours he's gonna be just fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, I guess after that first one yeah yeah just the phone calls I had with you the week following <laughs> was like, which is really funny for me. they were yeah. good. they were good. you went all the way it was I went fine. all the
0: way. it was fun. I went all the way. yeah, I still that was such a beautiful introduction in so many ways, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into that first one. I remember the plane ride home the next day from uh, that was a thing is like. We knew that we were
1: putting you on a plane hours afterwards. Hours. And I said, I don't know if that's a good idea, but you guys were like, nah, we're going to do it. Anyway. I was like, yeah. all right, you've been warned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's not going to kill you. So it's, yeah. You yeah.
0: yeah. I remember uh, the plane ride from California direct to Florida, like six hours or something, just frantically writing in my journal nonstop. Just... Who knows what? It's I probably have that journal somewhere. I'd love to.
1: I would love to see. I'd that. love to read that.
0: <laughs> I would love to read that. And then I imagine the second one was uh in Colombia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, Nico and I are- looking back at these two, are- <laughs> Nico and you. I and mean, we were all drinking yahe or some people, called, you know, people called ayahuasca too, and Nico and I basically it's. Maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon, we're done. We're gonna go walk into town, get an espresso and a pastry. Yeah. And Chris is over there on a the log, buck naked, just looking around like looking do I, I'm like, oh. I was like, he's tripping hard. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like wanting to join us, but you couldn't. I couldn't. You couldn't, couldn't. leave. And so we I could like hear the
0: giggles like <laughs> off of my back right shoulder. <laughs> I would occasionally look back and you you two would just crack up. And I was yeah. like, nope. No, nope, I'm not moving from the spot for a lifetime.
1: Yeah. And then one day we were all smoking cigars after a ceremony. <laughs> the three of us are buck naked smoking cigars <laughs> in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, And the, I guess we had made so much noise that day that the local village sent a group of men in mm-hmm. to check on us to make sure that the gringos over there didn't get yeah. murdered by the witches.
0: Because we were occasionally like walking into town and having espressos, and
1: they knew we were there. They knew we were there. Yeah, Yeah, we stand out.
0: It was probably a town of a thousand people. Yeah,
1: maybe a little thousand, two thousand people, and we were the only white guys there, Mm -hmm. only ones. And yeah, we stood out. There was, we heard that there were like people in town. There's text messages going on around town. (laughs) There was rumors about who we were, what we were doing there. Yeah. So to be there, buck naked, smoking cigars, and then have these men from the town come up Coming on us. In. Yeah. And we're just like,
0: huh? huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows what they were thinking? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they're telling this story on a podcast somewhere right now. Probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Not a podcast, but they're telling the story. Yeah, they're telling the
0: story. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, those are some fun times. What's new and exciting in your world right now?
1: You know what? Feeling very relaxed in business specifically, which is the first time in a while I haven't tried to make it do a thing. Because I think ever since COVID hit, it was like we knew that things were going to have to change. Yeah. So it was this constant vigilance. And yeah. also, it was two parts it was things could go to shit. So you better watch out, which it did go to shit for a lot of businesses. And it definitely made it hard on our business we did better than most, but we didn't do as good as some. And so we had to be vigilant just to stay in business. But also I knew that there was massive opportunity. Anytime there's a disaster, anytime that there's a lot of loss, those are problems that can be solved entrepreneurially that create opportunity for us and bring value to customers. And so I knew that there was massive opportunity to help others and to also have a, there's a financial piece on the other side of that of there's a reward for creating that value. And so when COVID hit, it was this vigilance to protect and expand if possible. So it felt like a battle. Yeah. And recently it feels as though battle is unnecessary and I'm just doing what I do, doing the thing, doing the thing, working moderate hours, I'm in a place where I'm building my business, but also the business is stable enough. Like I'm making some changes in March. Yeah. And for me to know that I'm making changes six months ahead of time and not feeling the pressure that I need to do it sooner. Right. Like, oh, I need to make this happen by next month, which is what old Mike would have done. I'm going, you know what? Everything we're doing right now is working. Our oh. clients are getting great results. Yeah. Our lead flow is amazing. The business is great. I actually don't have to change it. Yeah. And it's good enough. And I see where it can be better and I see where what it is I'd actually like to offer that would be different. And I want to launch this new thing mm-hmm. in March with a really solid plan in place and make sure the whole team's on board and everyone knows exactly what's happening and we're going to execute and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's not a live or die situation. It's like, oh, we got to make this happen now. Yep. So that's one of the things that's new for me is, is having that experience mm-hmm. of business,
0: mm. which
1: I've had before COVID. Yeah. But man, there's a year and a half there where it was uh,
0: stressful. Yeah. My experience of you is you, you're the m- most common grounded since I've known you now. Oh,
1: now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. About business, about life, about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I shook my whole life up a lot in the last, I don't know, maybe eight years, but let's say yeah. in the f- last four years, there've been some things that I've done that have changed my life drastically and just a lot of change. And so it's, yeah, it was hard to be grounded when you're making, you know, you can't be grounded and make a lot of change at the same time, yeah. it's just not yeah. going
0: to happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Funny, yeah, <laughs> I just had one of those conversations with not yesterday i was like i got in it a little bit i was like oh we got this thing i was seeing the opportunity and i was like oh we gotta do it. and then i was like oh, okay she was like oh that's a six month thing or that's a year. and i saw myself for a moment going down that road of we yeah. gotta do this thing right now and i was like no we actually don't and Jump. that feels really good it feels really good to be in that place and then also have a partner reflecting that back and being like no we actually don't need to do that yeah 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 i get that my personal relationship w- yeah with ashley yeah I'm like
1: pulling back on the reins a
0: bit yeah yeah do you want to talk about the tcs sure seven yeah where do you want to go you want to i don't know where do you want to go this is a vulnerable podcast we had a little bit of a rocky time. Couple times, a couple times, yeah, a couple times, yeah. You're right. Yeah, it wasn't just one.
1: Uh, yeah. We were warned. We were warned. We were going to have, yeah, uh, disagreement at
0: uh-huh. some point
1: in the future about the specific thing we had disagreement about. Uh huh. And I you kept were... that in mind. Mm. So as we were going through it, I, I was like, "Oh, this is it." Yeah. And then fast forward a year later, I go, "No, this is actually no, this it. Is it's it. not. That yeah. was easy. Yeah. This was uh-huh. more difficult. Yeah. So." How much do you want to share? Doesn't matter. Sure, I'll be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. We just had conversations about basically the end result was I sold my shares to you for Trading Camp for the Soul. And my experience of it was you wanted to participate more fully and you said that, but I wasn't hearing clear communication about what uh-huh. that was. Yeah. And so there was basically probably like a, maybe a month or two month period where every time I got on a call with you, you became progressively wanting more aggressive about what it is that you wanted. Yeah. And I just wasn't clear. Like there's just a lack of clarity while I was also going through like a really emotional thing. Well, I was down in Columbia doing my thing. And it was interesting because I was, I was experiencing a fear of loss, but it was one of those things where intellectually I got it, but emotionally it was difficult. And so, yeah, I learned a lot in that process because with, with you and Anat, there was a lot of conversations and I think there was conversations where there was misunderstanding and like around, and it was as simple as not being clear, on the definition of a word yep. is basically all it is. Yep. And then it really exemplified the power of expectation. Uh huh. So I'm thinking about this, we're making a business deal. There's decent amount of money involved, right. all this. People are stressed. People, everyone
0: wants their best interest in mind. You want to make it.
1: Everyone wants clearer. to be friends. Yeah. Everyone wants to be friends at the end, and everyone wants to make sure that they're taken care of yep. for the work they've put in, yep. and all that kind of stuff. And so it was finding that common ground, and then having conversations, and then circling back a week later, realize that oh, like oh, I thought we were talking about this, not that. Mm-hmm. And then watching that misunderstanding happening, Uh-huh. and then the fear of losing relationships due to misunderstandings and it was really cool to go through that yeah because i've exited uh several companies yeah and every time it gets a little smoother <laughs> it gets yeah. a little smoother yeah not always smooth uh-huh sometimes people i wouldn't say anyone ever i've never left a situation in business where people were like that guy sucks at business. I would never do business with him again, but there is definitely some disappointment on my side and on other people's side Yeah, and how people showed up in situations or meeting expectations or whatever it was. And so this was probably like the soonest I recognized that I needed the, yeah, yeah, I just need to step away. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the easiest, but it was definitely the soonest. And then also managing the whole experience of leaving Well, yeah, and I learned a lot about how I could do even better, and then also learned about when going into agreements in the first place, taking care of certain expectations. Because when I started doing training camp for the soul with the knot, I actually had very little ambition, yeah, so I made the mistake of not setting up very clear Uh expectations for potential exits and all this stuff because I just didn't care at the time. I was in a place of not doing much. I wasn't being very ambitious, but then that started coming online. And then I forgot about, we never set these up. And then we end up in a situation we're in and I go, Oh, all this stuff we, I advise people to do in business. Uh I didn't do. And I know not to do because of my previous business dealings. Uh And I go, okay, I fucked up. And We just got to make the best of where we're at right now. Like, that's the past. We just got to move with what we got. So, uh, learned a lot in that case. Yeah, I'd say I'm uh, 14 years in entrepreneurship and creating and maintaining and understanding contracts has become uh, much... It's been a huge lesson. I'm not the kind of guy that wants to look at books or read contracts. That's not my genius. But in the last... I'd say four-ish years yeah the last four years I've been forced to learn about money I've been forced to like, learn about lesson. contracts it's like again it's like do you want to be again do you want to be successful? <laughs> yeah well you gotta learn this no 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 I don't uh, want it no I, I can be successful without that yeah and then the boot gets stuck up my ass again and I go okay finally I'm like okay I got contracts I know what to do pop them a daffonil then read them <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it <laughs> And then, Secret folks. yeah, smart drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and then with finance and accounting is just really looking at finance from a perspective of, like, I really have to put myself in my client's shoes because I witnessed my clients have such a hard time learning how to do marketing and sales and all this stuff. And I'm like, just do it. Yeah. And we have all these ways of helping them overcome whatever they need to overcome to get good at this. But I witness in my own students, the ones that do the best, they put themselves aside. Yeah. They put their ego aside. They're able to put... I almost said emotion, but that's not true. The emotion is present. They're not so self-centered and they come at it with a level of humility that they don't know Uh and they're willing to stop doing the way they were doing it before and start doing it the way I'm suggesting for them to do it. So for instance, I've been taking up financial courses past summer and I'm going... I'm like, man, this is very different than the way I've been doing it. Yeah. The conversation I have with myself is the same thing I have with my clients, which is how's it been going doing it your way? And I go, all right, the way that I've been doing it has gotten me the current results, which isn't the worst results in the world, but it could be way better. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to do it her way. Mm -hmm. As I do it her way, I have to put myself aside. I have to have humility, and I have to change my lifestyle because yeah. there's a lifestyle change, yeah, all of this is lifestyle change, whether you're building a business, managing money better, losing weight, whatever it is and so it's one of those things where I think I, part of it is seeking the stability and going, okay, if I want stability, i can't just the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs who are good at sales yeah is I can always just make more money. I can money. always just sell more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Which is crazy yeah. for most people to hear. Right. Most yeah. people are like, well, you just make more money. He's like, yeah, yeah you just make more money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I never worry about running out of money. Right. And when you don't ever run, worry about running out of money, saving it, investing it intelligently can be hard. I've definitely made some investments. I've gotten lucky. But I'll say that. Yeah. I'm not like a long-term mutual fund guy. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, you got a startup. You need 25 grand. Okay, here yeah. you go. Like, and then a year later, I get a phone call. I was like, this is actually doing really well. Oh, cool. Cool. We got some money we're going to send you. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Nice. <laughs> but then there's also, I've made some bigger. Yeah. I'm 50-50. Yeah. So the amount of money I've invested in startups, yeah. that's really that's good. good. <laughs> really good. That's not i saying. I'm yeah. lucky. It's like the other half. Yeah. I uh, lost my app. The worst one was I invested 60 grand and then a month later, gone, gone. Like, yeah, that happens. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But,
1: but less of that less <laughs> going that. forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Due diligence. Yeah. yeah. But there is like some freedom in the way you make those decisions is a lot of people aren't thinking about investing in life in that way. They're almost on the other side of the spectrum where it's like, I'm going to make $1 more so I can save a dollar. And you're almost coming from a different problem than a lot of people have They don't know how to make the money, but they want to save it and be the mutual fund guy. And so you kind of have a different challenge. And it's interesting to hear that there's challenges on that side too. There's challenges on the side of even though sales comes easy to you, marketing comes easy to you, that doesn't mean that that's everything. No, it's not everything. No, definitely not.
1: Yeah. But when I got into business, I mean, I think that's what most people need to learn first in business. Yeah. If you're not selling, you're not in business. Yeah, you're not you don't hang around
0: long. You're, no. you're not in it long enough to now, figure you can, out the rest. Well, if
1: you don't sell, you can play business. Yeah. But if you're actually going to do business, you got to yeah. sell. And now everything that happens after the sell, that's going to impact your sustainability. Yeah. You know, your product has to be solid. Your service has to be solid. The management of the money when it does come in has to be solid, but I'm a big fan of doing sales and marketing first and then yeah. building everything else after that. I still stand behind that, even though I've suffered a lot of pain, because I've witnessed a lot of people trying to get entrepreneurship who try to do everything else without the sales first, and they usually just never get started.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a lot. It's infinite. You can invest an infinite amount of time, money, energy, and attention into something that generates zero dollars. It doesn't even try to generate zero dollars. Yeah. And so I'd much rather put that energy and attention into generating. Than yeah. What was your experience with the TCS deal? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of got off that. So I had some similar learnings in that because I've suffered some of the same pain. We're very similar in a lot of ways, people. Yeah. We, we get a lot of same, same lessons. Sim, yeah. and, uh, similar personality similar traits when it comes to business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there was a lot of that for me as well, where I... Didn't get clear up front, contracts didn't get clear up front. And at the same time, and this was something that was showing up in every area of my life, it was really deeply, deeply checking in with what I actually wanted. And then even when I was there, it was the getting that into words. There was like this, yeah, this like internal struggle to really just fucking oh yeah put it all out there totally that was my experience of you. It
1: was like yeah i know he wants something yeah mm-hmm. why can't he just say it i know this is my experience of every
0: woman that i've ever <laughs> been with <laughs> why can't you just I'm like, I'm like, yeah. yeah yeah and so i was in the middle of the depths of that when that process was happening and so i think it was never a moment where it was fully clear And I just wasn't saying it, but it was like incremental. It was like I would dive into some more, and it'd be like, okay, that's something that needs to be out, and then it would be like this long, painful process rather than just being transparent and just like putting it out there. And so there was a lot of responsibility on me during that time. It could have gone so much smoother had I had been more clear and really paid more attention to what was really there for me, and then communicating it. And then the other thing that I've recognized probably right around to like us finishing everything and was that there was some identity pieces of me. that were at play and transitioning and developing at the same time that I actually needed to step into first for this to happen well. And I'll explain that a little bit more. When we met for the first, I don't know how long I saw you as a mentor. And it was like, oh, I'm learning from Mike. Mike was introducing me to all these things. And I was both in in life and business. And sometime around when we went to Columbia, actually, I started feeling like a brother and a peer. And then we were doing business together and we were partners. And so it felt like more of a peer relationship. And there was this... I can look back on it now and see what was happening. But there was this... like internal, almost like immature behavior of wanting to be the leader and wanting to be the guy and like step into that and thinking that in any way of you were getting in the way with that. And that wasn't the case at all. (laughs) But there was this very immature wanting to step into that. And it really, it was just me internally, not stepping into that leader and it had nothing to do with you at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was kind of at play at the same time where that identity was shifting and I was projecting a lot of it onto you.
1: After that trip, my experience of both you and Nico, there was a shift in shift the relationship. Sure. And I think that there were some things that happened on that trip where I like, actually was like I shouldn't have listened to those guys. <laughs> like I was like listening. I was like listening to you guys. You guys knew something I didn't know. Yeah, And then I was like months go by. And I'm like, Oh, what was I doing? <laughs> like, like what? Probably mostly from Nico. Nico was <laughs> very expressive
0: on that trip. I was in my own shit. I wasn't giving anyone. Yeah. I, I just knew that for the two of us, that definitely shifted the relationship. Shifted there was some with, tension with, that with, came
1: with Nico, it was mostly do with women. Yeah. That's how you usually we want to relate with exactly. women. That's not how I should be relating to women. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. It was pretty funny. But I saw like a shift overall where I, I like actually became a little more, I was treating you guys
0: more like peers too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I was also wondering why you just didn't step up. Yeah. I was like, why is it? Yeah.
0: You? It was just like this. Big brother, like middle brother, thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We totally recognized it at the time. Oh, for sure. It was very clear. Yeah, Nico
1: is the little brother. You're the middle brother. And it's funny, my brother, who's Mm. the middle brother in my family, yeah, similar like
0: tensions and Mm. and ironic competition. I'm the middle. I'm the middle child in
1: my family. You're the middle, and I'm the oldest. So yeah,
0: Yeah. makes sense. That's why we're hanging out. See what we're doing here. Yeah, playing some roles, recreating. Yep. All right. If you guys have any questions. Someone put
1: a Spiritual nature lover Says Mike Can you call me this week At some point (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Spiritual nature lover I'll do that (laughs) Who is that I don't Uh, know Oh shit I'll have to go look Go look later I can't keep up with everyone's Instagram handles Because they're also changing Not about money But about getting into Holistic health and wellness As make money So that my tool To cultivate freedom Yeah So it's a good topic To cover I think a lot of people Have this question That's why I have a job (laughs) Which is man, it's been so much fun. So I've been doing strong coach for over three years now and helping coaches become better coaches and serve their clients. Reiterate the question for the podcast. Okay. Someone's asking about how to get into coaching, basically. You want to be like a holistic health coach. And they're asking about how to get into coaching. And this is exactly what I do for a living, which is I help people build a career out of coaching in a way that's fulfilling for them and gets their clients results. Yeah, And it's been really cool to be doing that for, I've been doing it a little over three years. I used to help gym owners before that. So it's not completely new to me, but I've been doing some type of business consulting since 2013. And the way that things that coaches think they need to have in order to be successful is usually way off base. And we know that that's true because The average coach is suffering financially. They're having to work some job they hate. I know coaches that are into holistic health that are working jobs that probably are hurting the planet, and they just have a hard time breaking away from that because their relationship to money is really poor. I think a lot of coaches, they feel as though because they're good at what they do and they know what they're talking about, they should be compensated for it, but have no ability to actually ask for the money or to create a business model or just to do all those structural things, everything that you know to do for health, you got to do that same level of intelligence of a business. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool because the analogy is always kind of fuel you putting in your business. What's your psychology like? How are you talking to yourself? Repetition. Mm -hmm. You don't get a 500 pound squat by... Participating in a training program for three months. Yeah, it takes three years. Right, takes two years, and it takes repetition. And you learn things, and you learn how to move better, and you learn what to eat, what not to eat. And same thing in business is all this stuff. And as much as I would love to just be able to hand somebody a formula, and there's plenty of formulas that I give people, it's more of like a modular thing. Though I'm like I can't tell you exactly how to do the thing because you might become successful. With it financially, but you won't be happy at the end of the day. Right. Because now you're doing it my way. Yeah. And you don't want my life. You got to have your own life, your life. which means that your business needs to look different and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, any coach who wants to get into coaching, my primary piece of advice is to study in order to know what to study in regard to health and fitness and, and whatever it is that you're wanting to help people with, you have to study the client. So, you have to identify who that client is that ideal client and get to know them better than they know themselves. And from there you go, Oh, I need to go learn this. So you go learn stuff for your clients. Initially we learn things because we're interested in it for ourselves. But if we want to be an exceptional coach, who's got a career, we have to make it about our clients and our potential clients and really go, Oh, I don't know how to help somebody with this. So I'll go, there's a guy over here who has a certification to do that. I tell a lot of people to do my program before they go get certified in something else. Yes. Because now they'll know which certification to do. Most certifications that people get was a waste of time. You know, it's never a waste of time because it's part of their process, but they end up not using any of the knowledge that they gain from it because they realize that once they really start getting in touch with their clients that they need to learn something completely different. That's different. Or just- another option. Yeah. Something's better or whatever. And part of that just takes patience too.
0: Yeah. And I find that a lot of people, and this is more your expertise, but I find that a lot of people that want to get into coaching or at their stage, they want to create their own business. They have, call it enough, enough knowledge and experience and talent and skill in the thing that they're going to be delivering. But what they're lacking is in the business. But Most of them want to go get more education on their skill that they're delivering.
1: Yeah. I think it's a common thing that we as human beings try to, especially in the West, try to solve our problems by more of the same. And so you may have seen, I think a lot of times people get a personal training certification and then they go get a job and they go, Oh, that worked. If I get another one, I'll get a better job. And it doesn't work that way. It's like, no, you
0: did the, That was that stage. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was the minimum. That was the minimum to break through that barrier of entry. Now you're on the other side. How do you go from there? So most people they think they're gonna train people who are as knowledgeable as them. So they gotta get more knowledge. Not true. Most coaches are knowledgeable enough to help the people that they can reach. Right. So I like to tell people, coach someone who you were five years ago. Mm. But one of the mistakes that coaches make is they want to coach who they were three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to co- like, yeah, let it go. Yeah, It's an ego thing. Uh-huh. And really just coach someone who you were five years ago. That's what I've gotten to the point mm. is I realized when I started the strong coach, I go, well, what's the easiest thing I could offer? Yeah. And then I look at, it and I go, Oh, this, I'm basically my favorite clients. The ones that do the best are the similar shoes that what I was in five, six, seven years ago. If I was trying to coach somebody who was in my position, a year ago, I could probably help them, but trying to market to that person and speak to that person and be able to actually deliver in a full experience with that person, it wouldn't be possible.
0: That's great advice. Someone said we should be doing this interview in our Burning Man. tire.
1: Well, that means I'm just going to be nude. Naked. Yeah. <laughs> naked.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool.
1: See, I was going to the Czech Institute, but now I have to get out of California. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people. I'm going to vi- go visit the Bay here next month. So I'll see. I'm teaching yoga at a new city. How should I get clients? Man, I always ask people, I always think about where do you go get clients? Is, uh, you got to ask yourself, where are your clients at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wherever they are, where do your clients tend to go online? Where do they tend to go in person? And just put yourself in their way and start conversations. I mean, that's the vague, big concept that I think a lot of times people forget when they start getting into marketing tactics and sales and they're learning all this stuff. And then they forget that they're supposed to just be in an authentic conversation with people because people want to connect with people and want to hire people that they know, like, and trust. And that only happens through conversation. I tell people all the time, have more conversations. You don't know exactly who your ideal client is, more conversations. You don't know what their biggest pain point is that you can communicate to them, have more conversations. You don't know what the product needs to look like, have more conversations and all of it with clients and potential clients. Not with me. Go have them with those people.
0: Yeah. Cause you were not buying from them. You yeah. can give them an answer, but it's might not fit what I can make some at. shit up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty good at making shit up. <laughs> <Yeah>. We're pro. <laughs> yeah. Pull it from somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be useful for you, but yeah. Yeah. What else you want to share about Strong Coach, since you're talking about it? Uh, Talk about it, where people can find you.
1: Well, on Instagram, uh, some of you are watching me on Instagram, but Mike underscore Bledsoe and at the Strong Coach, I have both of those accounts, which I started running Instagram for my business after not doing that for a while. And then the Strongcoach.com. Yeah, I'm doing masterclasses. I've got a five-day challenge coming up. I don't know if this will post before that happens. I think it does. Yeah, just I got a lot of stuff that's I put out enough for free to see if it's going to be a fit for you. If you come check out the free stuff, if you get on the email list and all that stuff, you're going to know, you're going to read it, you're going to attend a master class or whatever it is and then you'll know. I have a new class of freedom which is our 4-month intensive starting in October, mid-October. So, I encourage you go if you even thinking you might need some Coaching around how to improve as a coach and building your business. Just come to our website, check it out, sign up for the newsletter, and start communicating with us. And then, if it's not a fit, then we'll both know it's not a fit. If it's a fit, then come in and we can have really good results.
0: Awesome. Where do you see the coaching industry going? What
1: coaches need to deliver has become more sophisticated. So, what we saw with COVID sped things up, but Coaches wanted to go online, so they thought, oh, I just need to coach my class on Zoom. Yeah, They only have the training aspect. So any type of coach, whether you're, you're like an emotional wellness coach or you're a fitness coach or whatever it is, there's three things that need to be present to really support the client in the way they need to be supported. One is some form of education that's happening, some form of to-dos like a training program or macros or that, you know, we're going to do one new habit a week or whatever it is. The thing that they're going to be held accountable to complete, they need that. And then they need support. They need the psycho emotional support. It may come in the form of community, which I like small groups for that reason, or may just come from being really good at holding people accountable and having deeper conversations with them. So having those three pillars exist is still rare, We teach all of our clients how to do all those things. And when you get clients and they have the experience, because TCS does this, when the clients have the experience of those three pillars, they get results they never got before, they feel supported in ways they never felt before, and they're willing to spend and invest the money necessary to keep that going because it's actually making a difference in their life. Most people are skeptical about spending money on coaching because their previous experiences didn't prove to be as valuable as what some people were asking for now. So we have to be really good at our marketing to really demonstrate. And we try to give as much free stuff away as possible to demonstrate that what we're offering is actually different than what they've experienced before. Yeah. So I think the future of the coaching industry, it's decentralizing. Yeah. People are going to be creating, there's going to be more programs Mm -hmm. Any coach can have their own program. Most coaches are just reciting someone else's program. So if you're CrossFit, you're just reciting Greg Glassman or whatever it is. And that's going to need to go away because people don't want that. People don't want homogenized. They don't want mainstream. Hmm. They want something that's personalized for them. And most coaches don't think they know how to do that, but you do. And there's, you can go through a process. There's a process we do where at the end you go, oh, I know exactly how to make a program, like something that has all three components. I know how to deliver that. And I'm excited to do it too.
0: Mm. It almost feels like an exciting time to be in that industry because you're creating something around you and like your experience, your knowledge and the type of people you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And then they get to work with people they want to work with. It's decentralization at its best. It's like, we all get more choices now. Yeah. Better choices for us. Yeah. Better choices. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that? Just like about where you're at? Because you've gone through a few different cycles. I've witnessed you go through a few different cycles and you're observing the world and forming your own. Where are you at now?
1: You know, I have to watch myself because I watch some old beliefs trickle in at times that trigger me into some fear. But the uh, overall... What I see happening is, and the funny thing is, I was talking about this years ago. I was like, Yeah, we're going to go through this painful birthing process in the future. Like, it wasn't going to be painful for me, too. Yeah.
0: yeah, Like, like you guys are going to go through it. Like, I've already
1: already done it. (laughs) The rest of society needs to catch up. But I didn't realize the society was going to drag me through it and villainize (laughs) me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting to live at this time. And I do think that we have several hard years ahead of us. It won't be easy. I think that the majority of the population is soft. And I think that... Fragile. Yeah. It's very fragile. And it's because we've had it really good. It's been really good. It's been very easy. And I think that the world is going to be very demanding. I say for five years, five more years. Mm-hmm. It's going to become... More demanding. We're going to see government become more oppressive. The decentralization is happening. Mm-hmm. So because of decentralization, government doesn't want decentralization. Their whole job is to keep things centralized. Yeah, It's self-sustaining first. it's gonna pers- It's going to survive. It's survival is its first instinct. Yeah. It's all of our first instinct. Yeah. Just because it's a group of people instead of one person doesn't make it any different. And so a lot of this is outlined in the book the sovereign individual where these guys have done a very good job of predicting a lot of things for a long time. And probably another five years. And then on the other side of that is big decentralization. I think that the majority of people using Apple products, Google products, a lot of those might still be the prominent brands, but a large part of the population is gonna go to decentralized technologies that are less homogenized and have higher security. Yeah. So you're going to become more personally responsible in the future. You're responsible for your own physical security. You're responsible for your financial security. You're responsible for your own health. You're responsible for every area of your life. And that's a gift. Yeah. And people are used to that being taken care of. But when someone else is taking care of it,
0: it sucks. Yeah. It's actually not great for you. <laughs>
1: it's not good for you. If you, want, if you want someone else to make you rich or make you healthy, There are people who are selling you that it's the Western medical system is selling you health. Yeah. What's the result of that record breaking diabetes, record breaking obesity. It's bad. It's been bad by every measure, by every measure it's worse mental health. Yeah. We look at financial is the things have gotten really expensive and fewer and fewer people can afford them. And then knowing that if you threw your money into the typical IRA or mutual fund thinking you were going to be rich one day. Good luck. Yeah. Ain't happening. Social security is not going to be there. Social security was the whole point of that was so you'd have something to retire yeah. on. That shit ain't shit. Inflation's about to blow. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah, who, who knows what's yeah, going to happen yeah, with that? Yeah. But what I do know is you're responsible. And if you want to be successful, you have to take responsibility. And if you think if you just want to have a job and you want them to take care of you and you're going to follow the food pyramid in order to be healthy, you got a rude awakening coming and even though that's what you want it's falling apart it doesn't matter it's about being in touch with reality and reality is getting very loud and it's this one guy he he likes to say i love this is the truth is belligerent Mm. and results are the truth and the truth is not unicorns and rainbow people are like i know the truth and like if you knew the truth you wouldn't be so excited about talking about it because if you're speaking the truth you're probably going to get attacked because people do not want it. So, yeah. yeah, just be ready to be uncomfortable. Take personal responsibility and treat it like a fucking movie. Mm. I have to remind myself is when I was growing up as a kid, I was worried that I was going to get bored as an adult. Was one of my <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my yeah. big concerns. And now I'm like, man, I wish things were back to normal. Yeah. And I go, I have to check myself. I go, no, I don't actually wish it was back to normal. That was boring. That's I was boring. actually getting a little bored. Yeah. And I go, this is very very exciting. We have no idea what the fuck's going to happen next. Uh-huh. And I feel like I'm a Han Solo in this mm. in Star Wars or something. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm the rebel out here <laughs> on the I got to f- try to fly under the radar and but all, at the same time getting pulled into needing to do some good for other people and all this stuff. And so, it's an adventure and you don't know what the ending is. so Nobody does. Yeah, it's
0: great. Yeah, it's so much fun. Awesome. I didn't think I had anything to say about that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't imagine you would have anything to say about that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That was actually a perfectly concise answer. Oh, thank you. I, I expected us to go another two hours on that. <laughs> I've been practicing. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. I just learned some things right there. Yeah, Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, that feels like a time to wrap it up. You've got a meetup coming up pretty soon. That's right. I got to meet up with some strong coaches at the pool. Boom. Our favorite place to hang. That's true. Burton Springs. Burton Springs pool. And got a class to uh, run in about 10 minutes. So, All right. Let's wrap it. (laughs) Mike, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me. Love you. Love you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Fully Express Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this vulnerable conversation with our guest. And if you enjoy this show, please leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let me know if this has impacted your life in any way. You can message me directly on Instagram at Chris Marhefka. And also, if you want to support this show, the show is fully funded by my company, Training Camp for the Soul. Go over and check out trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can find out about our online programs, in-person retreats, and lots of free offerings where we're helping people to transform their lives radically and permanently. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you so much for making this dream a reality.